to Teutonic Takes. It's your boy, Favi. It's like one in the morning right now. I'm going to wake everybody up in my house, but I'm here with one of my best friends. What's up, Ivan? How you doing? I'm doing well. It's 7.43 Pacific Standard Time, and uh, my family, you know, we're morning people, but not 7.43 a.m. morning people. So hopefully I don't wake up people in my house, uh, but we'll see what happens. Hopefully... Yeah, I don't get any complaints an hour or two from now. <laughs> and guys, big changes are coming. I mean, maybe not to the earthquakes, but Ivan, tell us about your exciting news, man. Yeah, so June 12th uh, is my uh, day where I'm hitting the road, leaving San Diego. I'll be moving to Livermore, so I'll be back in the Bay Area, and I'll be back going to Quakes games with regularity. Um, so that'll be exciting. <laughs> Yeah, no, definitely. Um, this this San Jose Earthquakes beat writer has really picked up. You know, it's given you a great job opportunity. <laughs> the dream one day, right? One day, yeah, possibly. One day, potentially. Um, I am pursuing one of my dreams, though. I've been offered after my internship to teach an online course at Kuyamaka awesome. College, so I'll be doing that remotely. Oh. Um, I'll still be, uh, you know, excited to be uh, more involved in the Quakes community as well, though. So that'll be fun. No, that's awesome, Ivan. That's that's actually yeah. great to hear as your friend. I mean, oh man, especially having an internship and then getting a job afterwards. I mean, you did a great job, dude. Congratulations. Right, it's uh, it's a start into uh, something that I've been pursuing since I started my master's degree, and I was told myself I'd be pursuing this dream along with my dream of like you know covering sports through this podcast yeah. too. So. Uh, I'm going to continue to chase both as far as I can. And I'm just living the moment. I'm happy to be doing what I'm doing now. And I'm looking forward to what's ahead. Well, all right. Well, let's get right back into it. Um, before we actually get into this, I want to give a quick shout out to all of our Patreon subscribers. Thank you guys oh, yeah. so much. Thank um, you. With the money so far, we have been able to fund this podcast. And um, I was telling Ivan, we finally have a video editing software. So thank you guys so much. Again, this is going straight into creating more content. Um, we got to talk about what's coming next. But definitely, um, thank you so much for everybody that's been supporting us. And if you're watching this video on YouTube, please, please take a second to like this video. And uh, if you want, comment. I mean, it's going to help our analytics a lot it's going to help everybody get you know seen in the quakes universe so definitely helps us all a lot if you just like this video just because it helps us grow the community a little bit more and uh, we get to probably reach our goal of a thousand subscribers within a year um, so that we can get another way of monetizing and and growing this podcast a little more too so please share us with your quakes friends and as well as like this podcast but let's get right into it um the Quakes slump continues, and it will be tough to get out of that funk anytime soon, as it will be three weeks before they can change their fortunes. Ivan, are you ready for this international break? I'm looking at this international break like New York Jets fans look at a bye week in an NFL season. Like, this is bad. Like, we need this break. And it'd be nice to have no possibility of losing a game during this time. Right. So that itself is a win right now. We just need to use this time to get our heads together. Uh, Jackson Newell has an opportunity for the U S men's national team. Mm -hmm. uh, it didn't go quite according to plan for him. He started in the two, one loss to Switzerland. It wasn't necessarily his fault, but non quakes fans, unfortunately weren't as excited to see him as we are because 
Yunus Musa is also a brilliant player. He is a young American who plays for Valencia, and he, he was the one that most fans are clamoring for, even though neither him nor Jackson Yule, to be honest, were the best choices to be that number six role. Mm. Uh, Greg Berhalter, like Pep Guardiola, decided he didn't need a out-and-out defensive midfielder for this game. Mm. Thankfully, losing 2-1 to in Switzerland wasn't as severe as Manchester City losing 1-0 yeah. to Chelsea in the Champions League final. But also from a U.S. men's national team perspective, Christian Pulisic is the first American player to, while on the field, he won the Champions League yeah. final. So that's incredible achievement for Americans abroad. And I loved how he was wearing that um, U.S. men's national team sweater. I mean, he, that's perfect. Yeah, there's there's some sort of awesomeness to that, right? I mean, damn, this guy—that's something like your Gwains would do, right? They would bring the flag out when when they win their their championship. But this is great to see out of American, right? This is something that all of us American U.S. men's national team fans have been waiting for. This passion, this this want to help the next generation come up with that fire and that want to succeed to win that world cup so it's just a great thing to see yeah one last comment about the uh, friendly loss to switzerland because we're gonna bring it over to anthony anthony noto and the tiktok yanks for more in-depth coverage you learn more from a close hard-fought loss to a good opponent i think switzerland is a top 25 team in the world at least and than you do winning over and over again against B or C tier opponents with all due respect. So I think this is a good opportunity for Greg Berhalter and the U.S. Men's National Team to be like, okay, it didn't go as planned, but we're going to move on to our next game against Honduras and we're going to do better than we did this time and see what works. And lastly, for all our Mexican listeners, uh, El Chucky Lozano powered Mexico to a 2-1 comeback win over Iceland in for the stadium formerly known as Cowboy Stadium this past weekend. So it was a good win for the Mexican national team, a warm-up against uh, Iceland. It's not the same Iceland that beat England in the Euros five years ago, but it's a win's a win, so, you know, you take that positive momentum into the CONCACAF Nations League finals. So good for you guys. Yeah, and a little bit of news of uh, football news kind of in the U.S. We might see a Copa America in the U.S. Um, it's looking more <laughs> and more like every single day that we're going to see a Copa America. I, I'm not going to toot my own horn right here, but we're looking – Uruguay is looking like the favorites to win this cup. So I hope all you fans go out there, you know, represent me – in those Uruguay games, so please go go out there and cheer for a team if you want to, um, but choose Uruguay, right? So um, I I got the opportunity to see the Copa Centenario, um, where the U.S. was hosting the Copa America, the hundred year anniversary, and we went to go see the Uruguay Jamaica game. So definitely, it's if you guys get the you know Copa America, definitely go out to those games. It's a lot of fun. You get to see a lot of football that you wouldn't regularly see. I mean, of course, the Argentina game is going to be sold out. You're going to get to see you know Messi. Cunawero, Dybala, <laughs> guys you really don't see in in the U.S., right? So Neymar in Brazil, so Suarez, Cavani, Uruguay. So, so definitely go out and see those games. You might not see those guys back on American soil, but maybe we see Suarez in a Seattle Sounders uni someday. But <laughs> <laughs> definitely that's it's great news. But um, we have a little more Quakes news to talk about um, coming up. It's not looking good, guys. <sighs> 
another loss. Another 1-0 loss on a own goal by Tanner Beeson. And Tanner Beeson was a very bright spot in this game. And unfortunately, it didn't finish that way. Ivan, first thoughts yeah. on the game. Yep. So we take the action to Dignity Health Sports Park in Carson. And the lineups were for the Galaxy had Jonathan Bond in goal. Um, the name's Bond, Jonathan Bond. That's how <laughs> terrific he was. Uh, <laughs> Julian Arajo, Daniel Steres, Nick Dupuy, and Jorge Villafaña. Shaken, not line. stirred. All right. Yep. <laughs> Jonathan Dos Santos and Sacha Kleshen as their midfield duo. Cameron Dunbar and Kevin Cabral as their wingers. Efrain Alvarez in the number 10 role. And Chicharito, who else but him, as forward for LA Galaxy. He had a terrific start to the season. But for all you fancy owners of him, uh, he, he only got three points unless you captain him and got six. Um, <laughs> but still, it's always good to see Chicharito, except, you know, when he's against your team. Uh, you subs, they had Victor Vasquez, Samuel Granzi, Ethan Zubak, and Adam Saldana. Mm -hmm. And their changes from their 3-0 loss to Timbers at Providence Park. Uh, Williams was suspended due to red card. Uh, Sebastian Letget was unavailable because he was scoring for the U.S. men's national team. And that opened the door for Dupuy and Clay Shan to start. And Grancier moved to the bench with Cameron Dunbar taking his place. And that ended up being the smart move for <laughs> Greg Vanny as uh, he was able to cause that own goal with his influence from the bench. Uh, and a little bit of a side note, Greg Vanny, of course, is a former Toronto coach, and given all the drama going yeah. there with Josie Altador and stuff, I'm sure he's happy to be away from that tire fire. Yeah, with all due respect wanna... to uh, my friend uh, Connor Somerville, uh, who is the uh, editor and one of the hosts of the MLS Multiplex podcast, and he's also probably pretty sad about the Maple Leafs right now. Yeah, and um, any relation to Frank Somerville? I mean... <laughs> <laughs> KTBU too. <laughs> Unless Frank Somerville is Canadian, I don't think so. <laughs> hey, that you know what's the funniest thing? That dude's wild. You ever seen him at a Sharks game? Just plastered. That dude is wild. So definitely, a life of the Jed, party. Ed York tweeting when he's drunk, right? So definitely, <laughs> definitely, that dude is wild. Um, but this is probably the worst loss I've ever seen, right? So this one hurts bad. I mean. It's a classical, right? So I, I got to ask Wondolowski in the post-game press conference, where do you rank this, you know, Cali Classico and all your Cali Classicos? And he's like, not even top 10. I mean, the atmosphere was nice. But besides that, we didn't get do anything that we wanted to do in our game plan or anything, right? So not a Cali Classico to remember. Unfortunately, Seychellinas didn't finish the game with the shirt off. Um, but to lose on an own goal like that, Ivan, it hurts. Yeah. It hurts, especially when Tanner Beeson was was shot blocking like he was a goon, a, like yeah. a goon player in hockey. Right. Put him yeah. out there on the Sharks team with those blocks. Come on. I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if Tanner Beeson finishes the season without all of his teeth. Right. So. <laughs> if there's any consolation, I feel like the way he's played this season, the way he's grown as yeah. a professional soccer player, like I would be concerned for other players that this own goal would shred his confidence i don't think it will I yeah think yeah he's gonna take it on the chin he's gonna continue forward because he's been trusted by Matias almeida and we'll talk a little bit later about his role in these losses and maybe some uh, his decision making isn't up to par but for what it's worth he's been trusting tanner beeson he didn't make a signing this past window to bring in a more experienced center back as cover or to compete with 
Alanis and Youngworth to start and says Beeson competing with them to get starts. And that's what he's done. Uh, look at this Quakes lineup. JT Marcinkowski in goal. Tommy Thompson, Flo, Tanner Beeson, and Marcos Lopez, the back four. Jitson and Remedy, the midfield partnership. Christian Espinoza and Carlos Fierro on the wings. Uh, Chofis Lopez in the 10. And Kate Cowell up top with Chris Wondolowski, Shea Salinas, Andy Rios, Paul Marine, and Sia Haji as the used subs. The changes from the 3-1 home loss to Sporting Kansas City. Beeson starts for Alanis. Uh, Marcos Lopez starts for Paul Marie. And Yutsen starts uh, with the void that Ewell left on international duty. And Carlos Fierro was moved to starting lineup. And Andy Rios was moved to the bench. And then that allowed Kate Cowell to be the stri- starting striker for this game. Yeah, um, pretty solid lineup from the Quakes. Uh, of course, of course, we missed Jackson Ewell. We missed that creativity mm-hmm. in the middle. Um, evidently missed him. <laughs> Uh, with not enough creativity to even, you know, get in on goal. Uh, Wondolowski was talking about how a lot of the guys on the Quakes are playing a lot of hero ball, which means there's not a lot of off-ball movement. I mean, Stephen Curry would be mad at this team for not creating any off-the-ball movement, but um, we need Strength to stop numbers. <laughs> we need to stop that, definitely. Yeah. Um, I've been seeing it from Espinoza. I used to see Espinoza go to that end line and like kind of chip it back over, but I haven't seen that yet this year. I, I see him just hitting a whole bunch of long shots from outside of the box, and unfortunately, that happened a lot this game. Literally, these guys were trying to beat possibly one of the MLS goalkeepers of the year candidates in Jonathan Bond with a long-range shot, and the only time I ever saw it possibly do some sort of damage was Andy Rios' shot. Andy Rios shot was actually not grabbed. It was blocked and it went right to Salinas's feet. And unfortunately this wasn't a Cali classical where Salinas is the hero and it hit <laughs> Jonathan bond right in the face and the rest is history. But again, this was a game where we should have got looked for that, you know, second to third pass in the box, but it just wasn't, wasn't happening. And then every time we had a long ball uh, or a long shot that went over the goalie, then the goalie took off 30 seconds every time to kick at the goal kick out. And then, then the same thing repeats. So definitely not the best offensive game for the Quakes. And I'm starting to think that we don't need a DP signing for the center back position. We might need something for the offense. Yeah. Um, without going into the long history of DPs in major league soccer and how few, if any of them were center backs, uh, that would be the most likely scenario if Quakes were to make a signing, which that itself isn't always a most likely scenario. But let's go into the stats real quick. The Galaxy outshot Sounds of Earthquakes 21 to 18. Uh, Quakes had more shots on target, though, 12 to 8, which, of course, means 12 saves for Jonathan Bond. Uh, it was a 50-50 possession battle. Uh, passing accuracy was nearly identical, uh, 83 for Galaxy, 84 for Quakes. Uh, Quakes had one chance created. LA Galaxy didn't. Um, I wonder if that chance created was for LA Galaxy in that own goal. Um, both had four corners. Fouls a Galaxy led 16 to 11, which is reflected in them having three players booked, DeSantos, Araujo, and Kleshan, to our one player book, which is Yudson. And then Quakes had one offside to Galaxy Zero. Um, be careful what you wish for. We wanted the Quakes to score more goals, but like with Genies, you have to be specific with soccer gods. <laughs> you didn't mean own goals. Come on now. <laughs> Right, uh, rub that, rub that, you know, uh, lamp, lantern, right, <laughs> and then see the genie come out. Um, but yeah, unfortunately, 
the own goal was was the killer. I mean, the Galaxy hit the post, I believe, a couple of times, and they should have had a couple of goals, but it was taken away. Uh, but I think we were supposed to lose this game. I mean, if you have one goal in the last four games, you're expected to lose games, right? So yeah, I not think good enough. At the end of the day, this was this was okay. I mean, yes, unfortunately we lost, but the way we our offense played. We're, we're not, we we couldn't even have gotten uh, a draw. A zero zero draw is not something to be proud of, especially in an Almeida system. And it was evident yeah. that Matias Almeida was kind of done with it. I mean, he didn't even want to answer questions in the post game. So definitely, frustration has clouded the earthquakes. And hopefully, we we see this team come out of the international break with with a new kind of blood and a new a new want to because they're still in the playoffs, right? So definitely, um, something to, to chew on, right? We're barely in the playoffs right now. Um, yeah. We'll explain the situation when we get to the table. Uh, but looking at the Galaxy, and as much as I hate to compliment our rivals, I have to admit this Galaxy team looks a lot less top-heavy than when Zlatan was the big man on campus. And Jonathan Bond is an example of that. He is looking like their best keeper they've had since either Josh Saunders or Donovan Ricketts, um, MLS Cup winners. So mm. that's a good sign for them. That's a... Uh, signing that they've usually overlooked um we have players like brian rowe who he was also an mls cup winner but you don't think of him as like an exciting like top end mls goalkeeper who recently retired though congrats on his career yeah but, but the, um the galaxy yeah. have had multiple goalies in the past couple of years right they had david bingham and then they had klinsman uh jonathan Klinsman. clement diop yeah clement, yeah clement diop and then as well now we're looking at jonathan bond so these they've spent the money on their goalies and it looks like they found one. Yeah. And also like for LA galaxy, like they don't have the most defensive depth. Usually when you have a player miss out due to a red card, you're worried for who has to step in, but uh, guys like uh, Daniel Steres and Nick Dupuy who are seen as like, these aren't galaxy quality defenders. Like we can't win anything with them. Galaxy fans would think, but now they're starting to look decent as well. And mm. This looks like more of a team than just like a collection of a few star players in offensive positions and then the rest. Yeah, and um, I don't know the hype yet on Araujo. I haven't, or yeah, I believe that's who it is. I haven't seen anything crazy from him when we played Classicos. Um, there's another young Mexican player. I forgot his name. Alvarez. Alvarez, thank you. I haven't seen the hype on him either. I, I think they just kind of don't play that well during the classicos, but that's what I've gotten from those two exciting prospects from them. Um, I think a lot John of the hype comes from, uh, he w had the opportunity to, uh, represent either USA or Mexico and mm. both teams were trying hard for his services. He showed a lot of promise when he broke into the galaxy team mm. and he's kind of been quieter since then. Like nowadays, uh, you, you get more, um, attention from the likes of Caden Clark, Kate Cowell, Gianluca right. Buzio, but he's still a promising young talent. Uh, MLS players with the Mexican national team, it's a little bit tougher for them to break into because, you know, Liga Mekis teams have been dominating the uh, CONCACAF Champions League, so that's yeah. not necessarily the best uh, audition to be one of the Mexican national team players. And the bias, of course, that you'd prefer to see players from the league that you watch every week rather than Major League Soccer. So, but you see that in more and more of these Mexican national team squads that there is a slight MLS influence and Alvarez could continue that trend. Yeah, and 
the the Quakes have a young Mexican American athlete too, but he's just been really quiet. Um, speaking of Cade Cal, I mean, where is Cade Cal? Where is the Cade mm-hmm. Cal we saw the first couple of games? And it look, I mean, I can quickly tell you what's going on. People aren't giving him that over over ball over the head ball where he has to basically just outrun the center back for it. I haven't, I've only seen that once. And I remember Chris Dangerfield talking about it at the last um, home game that the quakes had. We haven't seen those type of passes in a long time and they just need to be doing that more. Just heave the ball up. I mean, I know it's direct one way, you know, really ugly soccer, but mm-hmm. Kid Cal is more athletic than a lot of these center backs. Let Absolutely. him go for it. Let him go for it. I mean, Give him that one-on-one and let him cook. Yeah, right. <laughs> let Cade cook, you know. But uh, you know that's that's gonna be the 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 Quakes title to this one. Let Cade we just cook, start a right? T-shirt. Let Cade cook. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, definitely they need to let him do his own thing. And I want to give a quick shout out. And I'm not being biased because I got a lot of slack. I got a lot of flack for this. But um, the only person that I thought actually, I'm lying. Two people I saw have a great impact on this game when they came in was Siad Haji. Great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Looked absolutely. awesome. Looked <laughs> awesome out there. Um, he looked very calm on the ball. I mean, I saw him running at full, like full speed. Right. But it didn't look like he was trying. I mean, it looked like he was just a natural, natural with the ball at his feet, even when he was running at full sprint. Um, but I want to see some more Siad Haji. I mean, who knows very well like Fiero doesn't give us a lot of creativity out of that side hey put Siad out there let's see what we get let's see what we get and then bring on Fiero at the end so definitely I'm excited to see more Siad Haji but the second person that I thought did really good when they came on was um everybody's favorite fan favorite Andy Rios baby you know I thought Andy Rios was really creative during the game had the best opportunity on gold um but unfortunately Jonathan Bond saved it I mean if Andy Rios made that, and then we're talking about a possibly a one-one draw, maybe, maybe people start thinking differently about Andy Rios. But um, again, I saw Matt Doyle get on the Andy Rios hate, and honestly, I I, I wrote a tweet and then I deleted it because I didn't want to, you know, you know, stir the pot anymore. But yeah, I I wrote, hey, yeah, let's hate on the guy that you know had the most creative point of the game. You know, let's hate on him for that. But again, I thought he had two great chances to score or at least cause havoc. And unfortunately, Jonathan Bond just got, you didn't want to get quoted tweeted by Matt Doyle and then like get ratioed. Yeah. Right. So definitely deleted that one because again, I think Andy Rios is going to do well this year, but he's just as productive as Danny Husen was last year and people love Danny Husen. Right. So it's definitely, Mm -hmm. it's going to happen. It's, it's the, it's the price tag. And unfortunately we all know that, but Keep an eye out. We still have an interview. Our Patreon supporters can listen to it, but hopefully it's coming out in English soon. But uh, Ivan, who was your man of the match? So from a Quakes perspective, I'd say Yudson coming to the lineup and being that heart of the midfield uh, is my man of the match for the Quakes. I think the Jutson revenue partnership merits more usage. Um, not, hopefully not at the expense of Jackson Yule. I think we can try putting Jackson Yule as a number 10 role, and then I'd be happy to... Um, you know, sorry to say, but like someone like Fierro or Chofis, you know, they can move to the bench or something and come on as a super sub that way. But, or um, there's so many midfield possibilities, but as long as Gutson is a part of that combination, I'm happy to see it. Yeah. Overall, though, MLS player of the week for week seven was Jonathan Bond. So he is the man of this match for sure. 
Yeah, and I'm still in love with Dom Skipper's formation idea. Cade and Espinoza up top, and then play all three in the midfield. Kick as uh, uh, kick Fierro to the bench, but hey, if it's not working, you know, do something new, right? So definitely, we could probably see see some some of that. I mean, if you don't want to start Espinoza, you can always go with uh, Wando or. Yeah, imagine Wando and Cade, right? Why, why don't we see them together? Why don't we see them together yeah. as a one-two punch? We, like Cade stretching out the the back line and Wando finding the space in in, in behind it. So let's let's see something new. Let, let's see Siad Haji out there. Let's see Wando and Cade together. So um, definitely a lot to look forward in this next game. Yeah, a little bit of a uh, scouting mission for the Quakes fans and ourselves included. Uh, keep your friends close and your enemies closer. Up next for the Galaxy, uh, they're – Hanging out with Cascadia, they're going to welcome Sounders to Southern California before heading up to Vancouver or heading east to Vancouver, technically. I believe the Canadian teams are playing in Florida or that could be Montreal. I honestly forget where Vancouver Whitecaps are playing right now. But anyway, they play Seattle and Vancouver, and then we get Cali Classico round two at PayPal Park, where it's going to be packed and it's going to be full of Quakes fans. Uh, eager to see their team reverse their fortunes. Um, speaking of fortunes changing uh, in fancy in our fancy league, I got my first loss of the season. Uh, congratulations to what a wonderful, what a wonderful world. Uh, Brandon, you did a good job. You beat me uh, 93 to 75. I did get 19 points from Kai Wagner, but um an unfortunate DMP from Kamal Miller. He wasn't mm. called up by Canada for this break, so WTF. Um, Walker Zimmerman only got me two points. Um, Oof, he's on my and, team. Oof. <laughs> and I left seven points on the bench with Andy Nahar. With And now that I have Carlos Gill on my team, that's not enough. I also have to captain him next week. So <laughs> lessons learned. Uh, Fabi, you lost 65 to 50 to san jose wando not looking so bright still four and three you got a winning record still i'm in the playoffs i'm in the playoffs (laughs) (laughs) yeah we'll see and now let's take a look at the uh mls table so in the western conference up top is seattle sounders they didn't win this week they drew to austin so they slowed down a bit they're at 18 points um, but still you know a great start to the season for them uh undefeated second place sporting kansas city 16 points third place LA Galaxy and every team from you know LA Galaxy down besides Dynamo and ourselves they have played at least one game less so as Quakes fans we're definitely nervous right now because there's a lot of opportunities for teams to catch up on us fourth place was Rapids with 13 points and then filling out the playoff spots Dynamo with 11 Quakes in six with nine very you know, honestly, undeserved sixth place with all the games in hand other teams have. Uh, Timbers in seventh with nine points as well. And then below the playoff line reads RSL, LFC, Vancouver Whitecaps, Austin, and then Minnesota and Dallas. Not teams I expected to be near the bottom still, but that's where they are right now. What are your thoughts, Fabi, on the Western yeah, Conference? Yeah, I mean, let me get a tie from LAFC. <laughs> Um, White Cavs, Austin, Minnesota, and Dallas. <laughs> if we get a tie from all those teams, we're still in the playoffs. So, um, I mean, it could be worse, right? We could be LAFC, right? What if you lose the next game and you have eight points sitting at this break? So, honestly, I don't think LAFC fans are as worried. Um, yeah. I made a few LAFC fan friends during my time in San Diego. Um, you know, 
I'm probably one of three Quakes fans in San Diego, so there's not like Quakes watch parties down there. Hey. There are LAFC watch parties, so the enemy of my enemy is my friend in terms of the Galaxy, but uh, they're confident that their star power and their team will pick it up, and I think they have a good shot. Um, they lost to New York City FC, yeah. and New York City aren't a joke this year. I think that's not a loss. You can be like, oh, man, we lost to these scrubs. Like, so... <laughs> They'll be all right. I'll be shocked if they're in the below the playoff line two months from now. So, like you said, there's like three fans in San Diego. Well, there's about three in Japan. So maybe <laughs> maybe we can start a misplaced uh, quakes out here in Japan. Misplaced <laughs> Japan, right? So, um, but guys, it could be worse. It might right? be easier we- to convince quakes fans and I mean Japan Japanese fans to be quakes fans since they may not have allegiances to other MLS teams than you yeah. know convincing. Uh, fans in San Diego where there's two closer MLS teams and the San Diego loyal in USL. So just be like, Hey guys in San Diego, we're right next to this, this big country named Mexico and our coach named Matias Almeida used to coach Chivas, the biggest team in Mexico. <laughs> I got 11 days to make that pitch. We'll see what I can do. Um, no, Eastern definitely. conference standings. We got the new England revolution led by, MLS fantasy uh, MVP right now, Carlos Gill. They have yeah, 17 MVP points. MVP in MLS, right? So, definitely. Yeah. yeah, he's off to a great start. Mm-hmm. Uh, Philadelphia Union, 14 points. Shout out Kai Wagner. Keep giving me those points. Uh, Orlando City in 12 uh, points, third place. NYC, 11 points, fourth. Uh, and then the rest of the playoffs is also 11-point teams. Montreal, Crew, and Nashville running up that top seven. Below the playoff line, Atlanta United, 10 points. Red Bulls and DC United, nine points each. Inter Miami with eight points. And then the three worst teams, perhaps in the league, uh, Toronto FC, Chicago Fire, oh. and Cincinnati. Toronto, whoa. I mean, Five right points. now they, ha- they haven't been playing well. Like, they have some good players still, but, you know, we've still yet to see Alejandro Pozuelo come back from injury. Yeah. The, all the drama with Josie Altidore and... I think this ship has sailed. I think for Josie Altidore and Michael Bradley with the U.S. men's national team, they'll get their testimonial matches or they'll get call-ups here and there from this point on, but they are not, you know, in the big picture moving forward. So yeah. it's not looking great for Toronto. You know, I could see Josie Altidore playing in Liga MX soon, probably. Maybe next year. We'll see. I am not sure because, um, you know, I believe uh, – Sloane Stevens, she's not, you know, they don't play a lot of tennis matches in Mexico. I think he's going to want to stay somewhat close to her when she's playing, like, U.S. Open and stuff. So, mm. Who do you think takes him? Um, in MLS? Yeah. If Toronto let him go. Red Bulls? Yeah, I think that would be an interesting move, uh, bring yeah. him back to uh, where it all started. But I think they themselves... They're trying this rebuild thing. Mm. I'm not sure if Josie Altidore fits uh, that timeline. Austin um, FC. Austin FC could be a place. Uh, yeah. FC Cincinnati has a revolving door of strikers. He could go there. No, um, but they just bought Burner or Brenner. Brenner. So, <laughs> so, you could come off the bench. Or uh, uh, LAFC. Oh, LAFC. Now, that yeah. could be interesting. Like, they, you know, with strikers and attackers, they, you know, fit these. Uh, extra pieces in seamlessly like we right. saw what they did with bradley wright phillips i think they if any organization can get the best out of right josie outdoor could be his former u.s coach and bob bradley definitely so but exciting things i mean in standings uh, the quakes 
hey, we got our nine points. The guys have, I know the other teams have games at hands, but hey, they have to do something with those games. So yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. It's not guaranteed that they'll win those games, but right. you know, it's one of those things where if it's one team with a game in hand, you're like, okay, you know, like we just need this to happen. <laughs> and then when you're relying on so many things to go your way, it's like, trying to get the Raiders into the playoffs. You need <laughs> this game to go this way. And then this game, you know, has to happen in a certain way. I mean, but anyway, so yeah. um, to speak a little bit about Oakland right now, are you, an, you're an A's fan, right? Yes. How do you feel? Both teams moving to Las Vegas. Like crap. I, that's how I feel. <laughs> like I'm, I can't even joke about the situation. Like uh, you, even though the Warriors are still in the Bay area, losing them in Oakland, mm. you know, it hurts. Like, I was born in Oakland. They're missing their family their soul. in Oakland. Yeah. Um, and you know, as much as I like to see all the cool Oakland gear that the Warriors have put on display on their court and in yeah. their jerseys this season, like they, where was this when they were still in Oakland? Like right. a lot of people who, you know, were season ticket holders who went to games in and out when the Warriors before Steph Curry, before the, we believe era when it was still pretty bad for the Warriors, yeah. like, they still made Roracle what it was. Mm. And, you know, it feels like a lot of the love they're showing for Oakland, it's only, you know, empty gestures. Really. Superficial, it's, yeah. Yeah, and then Las Vegas Raiders, you know, I'm not happy about that. I have not bought a single piece of uh, Raiders merchandise since mm. they moved. Um, and A's are all Oakland has, have left, and there's a myriad of factors that contributes to that. Um, well, you know, Oakland roots, they still have the Oakland roots, but in terms of yeah. professional sports, the A's are what they have left. And it's similar to here in San Diego. They lost the Chargers. They only have the Padres. There's no threat of the Padres leaving, thankfully for them. Um, they're good fans here in San Diego. I wouldn't so, want them to lose their baseball team, but yeah. that's the reality that A's fans are, miss, are looking at in Oakland. And to see yeah. Dave Cavall tweet a picture right. in a Vegas Golden Knights game saying, oh, wow, like, it's not just, you know, you're not being complimentary to Vegas for the sake of it. You're advertising Vegas to the owners and other investors in the Oakland A's to try to jump ship, and it's a slap in the face to fans. Well, honestly, if the A's do move, it might be one of the best things to happen to the Quakes because – possibly Fisher sells or MLS looks at Oakland and they're like, wait, what's going on here? The Oakland roots are the only professional team in this city. We could create a Derby, basically a Derby with San Jose and Oakland. Who knows if they get, they get a potential bid eventually to become part of MLS. So yeah. And this, let me specify it's yeah. USL championship is still professional soccer. I meant top division soccer. Yeah. Top, top, I mean, right. Top, top division, division sports. Yeah. yeah. So this could be a very, very interesting story for Quakes fans. So all Quakes fans should really be following this Oakland A's situation because the, the mayor's playing hardball. I mean, they played hardball with the Raiders and they're playing the same hardball with the A's um, and they might lose both teams. So definitely exciting things if you're an a quakes fan but if you're an ace fan heartbreaking things yeah but um just to go into fan questions um we're gonna go right into this ivan i'm gonna ask you the first one discord question was jonathan bad good or was the shooting bad this comes from uh i believe uh, mud uh, on uh discord his name is uh calvin so uh definitely ivan what do you think um 
Actually, I believe it was someone else. Mm. All I know is that he has like a Brazilian emoji, a uh, flag emoji. So I tried Brazilian to talk to him what <laughs> um what name he wanted to go by, but yeah, I didn't get back to us. Um, All good. Anyway, I think it was a combination of both. I think Jonathan Bond he made some good saves. Um. Not all of the 12 saves when you get that much in a soccer match are going to be, you know, highlight reels. But I think the Quakes, it, they have been wasteful with their opportunities. One goal in four games it hasn't just been a lack of trying. They have gotten in positions to score. They just haven't done it. Yeah. Um, they've scored as many goals for their opposition as they have for themselves in four games. That's not great. Like, it yeah. sucks. Right. And if the shooting was that bad he wouldn't have won MLS player of the week. So definitely right. Jonathan Bond deserved it because he was really good. So um, yeah. the nice thing on the cake would have been a penalty stop, <laughs> but the way he was on that game, he probably would have got one. Um, next question, Matt Riley on Facebook has Andy Rios done enough to warrant his role compared to other forward options. Ivan, I've talked a lot about this, so let's hear what you have to say. I think we've seen enough from Andy Rios and you've, point out the good points of his game. We all know the bad points of his game because everyone in the Quakes community makes it abundantly clear. Um, but um, I think you cannot not play Andy Rios. He is the second most expensive player on the team. Right. And he yeah. is showing why he has ability. And it just hasn't been going for him. Like in a similar way, like Timo Werner has been unlucky for Chelsea. Yeah. Grand, uh, Andy Rios has often been unlucky for San Jose Earthquakes. I think he is sometimes, you know, with all due respect, he is at fault for some of the shortcomings, but I don't Definitely. think that is the case right now. If anything, mm. it's a shared blame across the team as a whole and not necessarily pinpointed on one player in particular. Yeah, and uh, Timo, that's a US, UCL champion, Timo Werner, right? So I def know. Definitely. I, I saw a couple of comments uh, on Twitter saying strong Timo Werner vibes from Andy Rios. So hopefully, <laughs> hopefully we get to say MLS champ Andy Rio one day. So um, yeah. I, on discord, Nico Gonzalez. I mean, he asked us on Facebook, another thing too, but um, he asked me to sell us the opinion that Andy Rios needs to be signed again on a DP contract. And I said, no, that is literally suicide. I'm not going to do that <laughs> because everybody's going to clip it and throw it up on Twitter and just try to make me look bad. No way. Maybe we get to sign him back. That would be a sign that you've made it, though, in a yeah. way. <laughs> right, 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 right. Just, just become the Alexi Lawless of Quake's Twitter, you know, just saying. Or MLS crap. Twitter. Either. Yeah, right. Um, but no, I think if we could sign him on a 200K contract, okay, why not? Um, but I, what I want to say is um, – Andy Rios's manager is the winner out of all of this. If he got his, yeah. his client a $900,000 contract, his agent, yeah, his agent, sorry, his yeah. agent, his agent deserves 30% of that, 40% of that. So definitely. Yeah. I mean, a good agent is essential in this business. So good for him. Uh, yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, Nico Gonzalez wanted us to know as well. Uh, should Quakes play Siad Haji more? It seems like the league has figured out Kakao at the moment. And I think that's a good idea. Like, if you give Haji a bit more of an opportunity and you play through him a bit, you give Siad Haji's confidence up and he can make an impact as well. This is valuable experience to make him an important part of the team. 
And then Kate Cowell, you know, he gets more opportunities. Uh, the attention will be less on him. He can remind the league what he's capable of. And then it becomes more of a balanced attack. You're not just looking for one or two players, but you have to look out for these youngsters as well. Yeah, and um, I want to talk a little bit about this. I think the league has figured out Cade Cowell mm-hmm. in what he is right now. So that nine roll by himself up top, I think they realized if they can double him or if they can uh, pressure him on the ball, his hold-up play isn't as good as we maybe thought it was. Um, I think they should try, like we were saying earlier in the podcast, Wondolowski and Cade up top and see what happens. Um, do a whole bunch of long balls over the top. If he gets to the end of them, maybe Wando finds some space inside and, and Cade gets a whole bunch of assists. So either way, I want to see something different out of Cade Cal up top. I want to see him with Wando or even um, Espinoza at the top too. So uh, I just wanted to go ahead and say that. But Jim Paselli asks, why does it feel like none of our offseason moves are working? Because so you may be expecting me to think, oh, you got to give the new signings more time, but you no. gotta face the music it's yeah. 20 to 25 percent of the season is out the window now right you have to see more from these new additions to justify why they're being in this team and i'm still waiting for some of those answers to be yeah. quite honest it, it honestly the last four games with one goal have been such a blur it's just like why isn't trophies lopez playing a full 90 yet he looks like he can um just yeah. some of the things it's not a fitness issue yeah some of the things are just looking a little bit too similar every single game. And I, we need something to, to shake things up. Uh, no pun intended, right? We need an earthquake to shake things up. <laughs> but um, yeah. Eric Santiago went ahead and said, no excuse to lose to our rival. Yep. I agree with yeah. that, Ivan. Well, I mean, you're not going to win every game against your rival mm. as much as you'd like to, but that's what yeah, makes a rivalry, it's, right? It's a similar sentiment that what Chris Wondolowski felt. It didn't land in his top 10, uh, California Classicos, and it's not because it was a bad game. I think objectively, it was an entertaining game. The commentators were into it, and both local commentary and uh, the two DNA uh, commentators as well. But um, I think just from Quake's perspective, like it was frustrating to watch. Like at the very least, like you gotta score a goal in a rivalry <laughs> game. Like that gives the fans something to cheer about. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't like. You know, JT Marcinkowski was still waiting on him to have, you know, some of his performances that he had the last yeah. couple seasons. Um, and still no clean sheet. He a goalkeeper duel uh, between him and Jonathan Bond, but really, like, he was definitely the second best goalkeeper by some distance, unfortunately. Yeah, and uh, Dan, Quakes fan, midseason prediction. Um, Ivan, I know he talked to you a little bit about this, so if you would like to talk about it. Yeah, so we're going to put the link in the podcast description and YouTube videos. So definitely take a read of his work. He does a great job. Uh, the two main things that stood out to me, and Steve Zakwani agreed to this as well on MLS.com, um, MLSsoccer.com, um, is that Chris Wondolowski should be getting some starts. I think if you can't go on this bad run of form and have the MLS leading goal scorer just continue to come off the bench. Even if he is not the youngest player on the team, you have to start, you know, your best chance of scoring goals. And Chris Wondolowski represents that regardless of his age, regardless of his experience and part of his career. Like when Chris Wondolowski is on the field, you have a better chance of scoring goals than when he's not. So trying to maximize that. If you can't play full 90, maybe go with a 60 to 65 minute shift rather than a 30 minute shift. See what happens there. And his tectonic take, 
Matias Almeida will be the coach of the Chilean national team by November. And of course, in this dystopian future, uh, Quakes failed to reach the playoffs, which, you know, honestly looks a bit more realistic than dystopian, to be honest. But so, yeah. And so basically, there was one outcome where Matias Almeida stays as the coach for another contract. And that's if the Quakes make the playoffs, but don't make the second round or a final. I think if the Quakes are so close or if the Quakes reach the playoffs, but kind of bow out early, I still think he might stay another go in San Jose. If they don't make the playoffs, he's gone. If they win a final, they're gone. Um, He's gone. So again, maybe this might be a good thing because Matias Almeida being the coach brings a whole bunch of buzz to the team. It makes the team a lot more profitable. So in my eyes, I think Matias being here has helped everybody. I mean, definitely one of the key factors of um, why we've gotten a lot of Mexican fans lately. So definitely um, him being here is a good thing for us. Yeah. The thing with Matias Almeida is he has to accept ownership for some of his Mm. mistakes. He can't just be dodging the media and, making it seem like he's not to blame for anything. And he also has to reiterate that he wants to be in San Jose Earthquakes. And obviously he wants to be here because he's had opportunities to leave before. Right. And he would have left before. But it's kind of like he's making it seem like it's a chore to be in San Jose, which is a great place to live. And it's a great soccer community. And you have the potential. Like, this is not a bad squad. And... A lot of fans feel like he's not getting the most out of certain players, and yeah. I don't blame them for feeling that way. Lastly, uh, looking ahead of Quake's next three games, um, Saturday, June 19th will be the next time the Quakes are in action. It's going to be a tricky away game. Austin is hosting their first ever, ever MLS game in their stadium, so Austin is not one of the superpowers of the Western Conference, but in that stadium, I know it's going to be packed with Austin supporters excited to see their team at home for the first time. So yeah. you got to be prepared to battle for those three points. Then they go to Orlando on June 22nd. <laughs> That's a tough trip to make in just three days. And then in four days later, you're back home to the California Classic Ones, LA Galaxy. Got to pick up some points here. The losing streak has to end ideally you gotta get a win somewhere too but definitely start picking up points that's I mean, all what we're expecting hopefully we see you know some orlando vibes some disney world vibes come back to this team from last year mls is back let's see let's see if they you know oh wow i missed this place you know i remember the camaraderie mm-hmm. we had and i want to see a danny who's in revenge tour still i want i can't wait for that austin game it's going to be a lot of fun and then a cali classico so these next three games they're going to be a lot of fun i'm predicting if the quakes being austin starts the danny who's in nick lima revenge tour for their next opponents i'm happy for it yeah. just wait we just wait one game like <laughs> <laughs> um but i'm predicting possibly seven points out of these uh, i think that we're going to get back on track ivan what do you think i'm predicting four points four I points think. Yeah. Uh, I think we can beat uh, LA Galaxy. I think that's tie probably Austin. the best chance we can uh, do. I think we're going to lose to Orlando. Yeah. I think we're going to tie Austin because of the environment that they're going to create in the first server home game. I think mm. this is going to be fueled with fire, and I think Quakes have a chance to. They kept it close in this game. I think that they can win against LA Galaxy. 
but then they have to find some other motivation to get points elsewhere because you're not going to be motivated for every team as you will for LA Galaxy, but you guys picking up points with regularity has to be the motivation. Yeah, and I mean, um, guys, this is a little break that we're having, so enjoy the time. Maybe no quakes soccer right now is a good thing because uh, maybe the slump is something we all need to get out of, but um, I want to give a quick shout-out to our sponsors. Thank you to Roughneck Scarves, and thank you to Icarus FC, and, of course, the Beautiful Game Network. Thank you for sponsoring us and making sure that we are on all platforms for you guys to hear. So, again, we are on Spotify, Apple Podcast. We are on a web browser at the Beautiful Game Network uh, website. We are also on YouTube. So if you can take a second to quickly uh, like all of our content and give us a rating, that would be great. Yep, and go Quakes. Yeah, go Quakes. Ivan, you have a piece out, actually. So um, let all the fans know what what you have uh, wrote. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> so I recently posted an article that uh, basically three uh, takeaways from the Galaxy versus San Jose Earthquakes. You can find that on MLSMultiplex.com. Uh, the link will be on the podcast description and the two videos. And I also posted it on both the San Jose Earthquakes Discussion Group in the Supporters of East Bay Facebook group. So if you're on either of those, uh, you'll be able to find it there as well. All right, and that's it from us. Guys, I want to give a quick shout-out to our Patreon subscribers one more time, and all I have to say is Thank I... Thank you. Go Quakes. Go Quakes.